It was a crisp October day in the upscale bucolic village of Litchfield, Connecticut. I was visiting my seventy-year-old mother, when on an afternoon outing, we stumbled upon the kind of bookstore that barely exists anymore. Wooden beams framed the small cluttered interior of the room overflowing with books, and a wood stove warmed the chilled air. I felt excited. Maybe there would be something here for me. I would have checked out the astrology section first, but instead bumped into a table, over which hovered a curious sign. People forgotten in history. And there she was, a woman staring from the cover of a book directly into my eyes. It was a slim book with a simple title of Annie Besant, followed by the subtitle, Passionate Campaigner for Social and Political Rights, Seeker After Spiritual Truth, and a woman of extraordinary personal courage. I looked at her face, young, earnest, intense, with dark eyes set between high cheekbones and framed with short curly brown hair. But it was her direct stare that defied any attempt to return her to the slush pile of books on the table. So Annie came home with me that day, and after dinner, I returned to my childhood bedroom and began to read. It wasn't until dawn that I finally put the book down, finished and mesmerized. Her story captured me, not just her struggles and defeats, but something about who she was, was so like me, although her life was so large and mine so small. Could this be just coincidence and serendipity? It felt as if there was a sweet synchronicity resonating between us. The next morning my words were a torrent of jagged emotion as I tried to tell my mother about Annie. When Annie was young, she was a minister's wife in a poverty-stricken area of England, where she anguished over the poverty and pain she saw. She felt that what women needed was to not have a life of continuous childbearing. She felt they needed to know about birth control. So she found a booklet on contraception in 1875 and gave it out to everyone, lots of people. She had it printed and distributed all over England. And it so enraged her husband that he brought her to trial where the courts declared her an unfit mother for corrupting the morals of the young. Can you believe it? I caught my breath. Mother was busily spreading butter on her toast. Without saying a word, she got up and walked to the kitchen to get more coffee. They took her children away from her. My voice hovered between a scream and a plea for understanding. I took a deep breath and lowered my voice to a rational level. And after that, she led the match girls in a strike in London that changed everything for them. They were being poisoned by match chemicals, working ten hours a day for a pittance. No comment. I wrapped my hands, tightening my grip around the chipped coffee mug I had long ago made for her. She poured me more coffee. Mother sat down and raised her eyelids. Life is cruel, but what can we do? Were you reading all night? That's not good for you, honey and now you've got to go back and leave me here again. She sighed. I felt the usual twang of guilt, but this time it was layered with a hopeless anger that we would never connect. My mother always felt abandoned when I left her home in Connecticut for Rhode Island. Returning home to Newport, I made straight away for the Redwood Library on Bellevue Avenue. Here in this private old library, there must be some dusty volume on the life of Annie Besant. I inquired. There was indeed such a book. The librarian handed me a faded red tomb called The Passionate Pilgrim. Opening this hard-covered book, I saw that it hadn't been signed out of the library for over fifteen years. 
But there, on the inside cover of the book, was her full birth chart. I gasped. Annie was born on October 1st, 1847, at 5.39 p.m. And I was born October 1st, 1947, at 5.34 p.m. The same day, exactly 100 years and five minutes apart. We were both Libras with Aries rising, and many aspects in our charts were similar. A shiver went through me. As I read this second book, I found out that Annie was three-quarters Irish, same as me. But she was born in England, whereas I was born in New England. Annie was born Annie Wood, and I was born Janet Fenn. In marriage, she changed her name from Wood to Besant, and I changed from Fenn to Spring. When I was forty, I took my grandmother's first name, Elizabeth.